Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Building Years. This is Jeremiah Watkins. It's Justin Alexio. And this is a very special episode today because this is actually episode 200. 200. Two Hondo. Holy and, shit. Uh, Justin and I were talking, and he's like, who do you think we should get for a 200th episode? And I don't know why, but I was like, I think Dave Ross. <laughs> like It was just like a natural, like, I think we should get Dave Ross. For, just feels for, right. It just feels that's right. So, that's, that's a really funny way that you told that, man. <laughs> because you made it sound like it was going to be... Some like huge compliment. <laughs> 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 Who were, should we get for our two hundred uh, show, man? I don't know, man. Dave Ross. <laughs> I was just looking at his Facebook. <laughs> he was That's on my awesome. mind. We, we talked recently. We, we hit did it off talk a, a few times yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen you in a while. It had been a minute. Yeah, yeah. Man, I love that about stand up. I love like. You like come in and out of people's lives, you know? Absolutely. I like there are so many people that I'll always really like. Yeah. And I'll always like more than really like, just feel bonded to because we were all just like sludging through mics or oh, yeah. just fucking like yeah. you know, five a night. Totally. This sucks, but we're so stoked yep. every day, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I just, uh, there'll always be so much brotherhood between you and me and probably a hundred other people, you know? Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Everybody uh, around that time when we were just like, we, we just sign up and look over and be like, yep, Dave's yeah. over there, he's already signed up. Yep. Just saw you at Redwood. I know. Good yeah. to see you. Hey, man. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, that, cool. that voice that you're hearing is uh, our guest for today. It's Dave Ross. He is. Uh, a part of the amazing uh, LA-based sketch group Women, uh, and he's also the host of an awesome podcast on the uh, Nerdist Network called Terrified. So check that out. But uh, yeah, Dave, thanks so much for joining us on our 200th episode, man. Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah, me, man. This is awesome. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think I told you uh, really the theme of of this podcast. I mean, we're just going to talk about whatever, but. Uh, it's the building years, so yeah. uh, we're basically talking about. Um, I feel like you are you've been getting some cool things going on recently. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit, but it's sure. it's basically the the struggling years of, yeah. of like the 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 times that are really tough. And uh, yeah, that's really what our listeners enjoy listening to is like the struggle over the years and how you have overcome certain things. Oh man, yeah, you caught me at a perfect time. That, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real struggle right now, man. <laughs> No, actually, things are great right now. They're really great. But, I mean, I, like, obviously, you know, I was hanging out with Mike Lawrence a little while ago, and he, <laughs> I don't know if you, do you know Mike? Yeah, I love Mike. Yeah, he's yeah. so funny. So funny. And he's so. So quick, man. So quick. Man. And so, like, such a a good guy, mm -hmm. but so capable of being so mean. You know? <laughs> Dude, have you seen him uh, ever, like, do, like, roast type stuff? I saw him get mad at, I think it was actually Willie at the comedy store. It was uh -huh. whoever was hosting in the OR. Yeah. Uh, something happened, mm -hmm. and he, like, tore him apart. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Dude. It was brutal. He's, he's done the roast battle a couple times. Yeah. Uh, once in uh, New York, uh, whenever we were out there. And, dude, he destroyed. He has the, that, he, you just, like, he has that ability to be mean if he wants yeah. to and be funny while being mean. Like, oh, wow, that, I didn't ah, see that. Ow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is painful, yeah. So I was hanging out with him, and he was, like, in a little bit of a shitty mood, and I don't remember how it came up, but he was like, he was like, man, you know what the main thing I didn't expect was for stand-up to get harder? And really? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, we, he didn't really elaborate at the moment, but he was like, I don't know, man, every time I feel like I get to a new level, it's, like, good for a little while, and then it gets harder in a new way for a year or two that it's like yeah and i relate to that lately because like yeah and i think what he means is like is i don't think that the same things are hard it's the expectations it's like new things show up uh and are hard and it's the expectation absolutely yeah, yeah. well also your expectations too. on yourself and the people around you raise oh especially if you're like your fellow comics who've been seeing you for years 
if they like, let's say, your old stuff, I think Kyle Kinane just had a special come out. Yeah. His old stuff was better or so, something like that. I liked uh, his old I stuff I liked his better. old stuff better, yeah, yeah which is a great <laughs> title great for a special. Yeah. But uh, I feel like it's, it's, it's difficult uh, to do that amongst your peers because if you, m- maybe you haven't seen somebody in a while and you really like their old stuff, but their new stuff, you're just like, oh, man, are they slipping? Or, yeah. You know what I mean? And you, th- you think that more about yourself, I think, than than other people do, but I think you're always, people are always comparing you to your old stuff, and that's why Eddie Murphy, I don't think, will ever return to stand-up comedy. Oh, man. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I know, less spots, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. Right now, I've got that Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is the thing. (laughs) If he comes back, I'm out, man. Are you at that point with with stand-up where you're you're still, this is where I'm at sometimes. I'm really excited to, to see people like pop in on shows and stuff, but if I'm on the lineup, I'm like, Man, I'm not going up for forever yeah, now. Yes. And you're just kind of, <laughs> you're somewhat over it. You're like, ah, it's cool that they're here, but man. I think that we're all kind of in that place now. Like, like, I don't know. There's you're not like, as much in awe anymore. Not at all. I mean? It's just like, yeah. well, and I, you know, you, I now get frustrated at shows yeah. and I'll get mad. And I, you know, we all, you know, coming up in LA is so crazy because, you know, there are fucking thousands of us. And so the ones you like look around and you're like, all right, if I want to make it here, I have to work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. I have to go up every day as many times as possible, write every day, all day. And I have to not complain ever. I have to, you know, that was my, a big thing. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I want to be one of those guys that goes up all the time, knows he has to go up all the time and doesn't ever blame the audience or any other situation yeah. and doesn't ever complain. Because stage time is glorious, and I'm so happy to have it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm having kind of a tough uh, time dealing with <laughs> being like, I'm about six years in now, and I'm like, and sometimes I'm at shows, and I'm like put way later on, or I keep getting bumped up, or whatever the situation is, like sure. you just said. And I'm like, oh, I want to go home. And yeah. I think like, that's probably natural, but I have this thing in my brain that's like, don't be a fucking little bitch, Dave. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, right, right. But like, you know, I've been doing it for six years and sometimes I want to go home a little earlier. I mean, you know? I have to remind myself because uh, I'll still go to Mike's every once in a while whenever I need to of course. work out stuff, whatever. Uh, I have to remind myself, especially recently, whenever I get if it's a lottery or whatever and, I, and I'm called like way later, I'm like, I have to remind myself this is part of the work. Yeah. Like you got you can't be like, oh, I have to wait an hour and a half. Ugh, I'm leaving. You know what yeah. I mean? It's more like, no, remember when because you started you out and you were hungry? You weren't going to, yeah. You weren't going to leave. And if you leave. You're not going to get up. You didn't go up. You didn't go up. And so, like, sure, you're someone yeah. who doesn't need to go up every day as much as you used to. Yeah. But you needed to go up today, and then you didn't. And that's no one's fault but yours. Yep. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I Last night, I did this mic. And, you know, the last few days have been interesting because I've been like, you know, I was talking to Sean Perlman about this, who's a good friend of mine and so funny. I like Great comic, yeah. Yeah, great comic. And he... Uh, Such a good writer, man. Dude, it's unreal. Yeah. Uh, he... Um, oh, shit. I just lost my thought. So um, you were talking to Sean Perlman last night? Yeah. Uh, oh, he said this thing to me that I didn't know what he meant, and I totally think it happened to me. He was like... Uh, it was a couple years ago. He was like, hey, man, do you ever like... Just be sitting somewhere, not doing anything. And then you realize that you've been spaced out for like a year and a half. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> no, man. And in the past like week or two, I've really been feeling like really energized doing comedy mm-hmm. and like really like wanting to go up. And more than that, like, you know how it feels at a comedy festival when you yeah. show up and it's just like, you are so stoked to do shows and go to shows and yeah. hang out after. Yeah. You're like fully immersed in it. Yeah. The past like week or two, I've been feeling like that about LA comedy and feeling like that has reminded me or like made me realize that I haven't felt like that for like two years. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Sean meant. Like part of stand up is being like jacked up about it. And of course you get burnt if you're doing it every day. And of yeah. course you get tired and it becomes your life. But like, like, I think when I've been the most productive is when I've been having, like, 
just like in love with being out. And that weight at an open mic is like fun because my friends are there. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. I stand in the back of the room and watch my friends go up. Like last night, I did this mic. I did that mic that Nick Kaufman runs at Westside Comedy Theater on mm-hmm. Tuesday nights, which is, in my opinion, the best open mic in LA. It's so great. You should go. It's totally worth the drive west. Uh, there's a limited amount of spots, so I probably shouldn't have advertised it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it but it's also draw as you go, which is tough. Like, right, so because they, then you're, you're like, Ugh, when am I going know. up? They don't yeah. even tell you when you're going up. Like a drawing at the beginning, at least you know, right? So you like have to listen between all the comics to see if you're going up, you're on deck. But like Hampton Yunt was there, and Jack Robichaud was there, and Danny Jollis. And a handful of young comics that I know. Yeah, that's not even like a mic at that point. No, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like it's like uh, this is kind of like all a these show. old dogs. Yeah, yeah, this is like an amazing show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we all get picked at random intervals. And uh, dude, I had a I had a blast, and I got pulled at like eleven forty five, eleven fifty p.m. and it starts at ten. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh, well, well, God, I should leave at a certain point. But then I was like, nah, what am I doing? And I hung out with Hampton and Jack and Danny and Logan and Cody Metzger and a few other people. And uh, it was just awesome, man. I was so glad I did. I got some good stage time. And there's just like, you know, man, being in the scene. The camaraderie. and for you. Yeah. You know? You're always happier after yeah. you waited out, too. Every single time. And there's just something like, I don't know, that, that experience. Like, I was in the green room with Hampton. And someone was like, Jack's up. And we were like, oh, shit. We went outside and we watched Jack's set and the next comic. And then Jack and Hampton and I shot the ship for a minute, and then Danny went up, and we watched him. It was just like, I don't know, it was fun. It was like, it's, you can get into a, when you're burnt and tired and like, you're like, oh, I want to go home early and whatever. It's like, fine, it makes sense, but you forget, like, that the most fun thing is being out in the comedy scene. Yeah. Just like in yeah. general. It is. It's the most fun I have. Any comedy scene. Well, maybe not any. Some probably are really <laughs> horrifying, but uh, right. in general, being out in the comedy scene, it's great. So whenever you, uh, you said you, you've been doing it for about six years, did yeah. you have an easy time uh, uh, starting out, or was it a pretty, did it take, like, whenever you started, I guess, did you know right away, like, this is for sure what I want to do, or were you going back and forth, like, after certain mics, like, oh, should, is, this, is this for me? Did you have that kind of second guess head game kind of thing? For sure, but I had kind of like, like, I experienced both of those in like in extreme forms. Because in two thousand six is the first time I did stand up, which was I, which is about nine years ago, and uh-huh. uh, I uh, I did it maybe six times, mm-hmm. and that when I tried it then. Every time I did it, I was like, I fucking hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I want to <laughs> die. I want to die. I want to die. And I would go to Mike's and be like, don't call my name. Don't Please don't call my <laughs> name. I don't want to go up. I yeah. was so afraid. Yeah. And so then I stopped. I was like, this is awful. I don't want to do this. And it stayed in my head. And I had some friends who would like bug me uh, about it every now and then. And then in 2009, uh, a friend of mine who had started in 06 and, and kept at it was hosting an open mic. And she uh, fired her co-host and was like, basically just like called me names until I agreed to <laughs> co-host the open mic with her. <clears throat> so I did that. And that, for the first like four or five months, I ran it with her. Every time I would go on stage to introduce a comic, I'd be like, I want to die. I want to die. I, wanna <laughs> die. Like, I hate it. I, I have such insane stage fright. Um, just innately. It's better now. But uh, yeah, oh, this sucks. This sucks. Fuck, fuck. That's a long time to hate. Hate it five, Dude, four or five months. Yeah. Well, and it got incrementally better. And yeah. I didn't have to do jokes and I wasn't doing sets, you know, but so like it was a little easier. Uh, but I think I needed that. And clearly I always wanted to because I kept doing it as a host. But I was so like, this sucks about it that I had to ease in like that. And then Julie uh, booked me on a show. Without telling Julie Cohen is her name, mm-hmm. and she booked me on a show that Alan Lebetkin was running. You remember Alan Lebetkin? Yes, I do. Uh, he ran a show at Church Lounge in Fullerton. He used to also run uh, the open mic. The list open mic forever, list forever man. ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before the Comedy Bureau. Yeah, before the Jake Kroger of today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there were some interim lists too. There was like, you remember Max Goldberg's app? 
Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I never downloaded the app. No. <laughs> it was an open mic app, and you would. There it you works go. Well, for a week or two, and then he didn't update it. But anyway, <laughs> then he, then uh, I got booked on that show, and I started going to mics. The first one I ever went to was the one at Bruco, the Tuesday one that yeah. Vance and uh, Robert Yesamura ran. Mm-hmm. And um, I went up and I ate shit, but I walked off stage and was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, really. And I guess I didn't think for the rest of my life at that moment, but I was like, I love this. I'm never going to stop. Yeah. Uh, and so something about, I like did for a long time be like, no, 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 no. But then something changed in there where my attitude just flipped and was positive. Sure. And, uh, and then it was like really hard. It's a slog. It's awful, you know? Yeah. But it's like that positivity, uh, sort of out, outweigh. Yeah. Yeah. When did, uh, I'm curious, um, how did, uh, your show Holy Fuck come about? Oh man. Because it, uh, by whenever it, um, for those of you who don't know, um, it was an amazing show. Those at the uh, Downtown Independent, and um, you guys did an album, yeah. and uh, it, it was it was basically the hottest show in Los Angeles for years. And uh, uh, yeah, tell me about how that started. In the dumbest way, man. Uh, th- I love this story too. My friends, uh, two good friends of mine, owned. So okay, they owned an art gallery downtown. Uh huh. And they were idiots, and they signed a four-year fucking lease on it. <laughs> and it's like a massive art gallery at 8th and Broadway. And if you, in the, like, 2007, 8, 9 uh, years, were partying in downtown L.A., you might know this place. It was called The Landing Party. And uh, they uh, quickly realized they weren't going to make rent with art shows, especially as a, like a fledgling <laughs> art gallery. Oh yeah. So they became a speakeasy and, uh, they made their living selling liquor from 1am to 7am and having bands play in this place every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And they were like my best friends in town. So I hung out there all the time. It was, oh, it was awesome. I was like, <laughs> it turned LA into New York for a couple of years, you know, cause yeah. I could just drink until whenever. And it was crazy, man. It was like their front door had one of those like little slidey things oh. with a dude behind it, and you would say a password. Really? At one point, they got they had they got really high security, and they changed it. So you were on an, a mailing list, and you would get an email with a password. And they changed it once to like they would give you an address with a password, and then you would like walk by this dude on this street corner of this address <laughs> who's playing guitar, and you would say the password, and then he would sing the new password at you. And then this sounds like a movie. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was rad. It was fucking rad. But then they got busted, like you do. And, <laughs> like uh, you do when you like sing passwords. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And they have a fucking four year lease, you know? Yeah. And uh, Julie Cohen, uh, my friend who I was talking about, had a comedy show that she was running there that was great. And uh, so they got busted. And then they were like talking to me. I had been running this open mic with Julie and I think maybe had barely started doing mics and then it started talking to me like uh, about maybe doing it and I was like yeah I don't know and uh, then they kept doing the um, speakeasy shit mm-hmm. and they got really sloppy with it which is weird because they'd already gotten busted yeah, you once. think you get tighter uh, they got tighter for a while and then it just got really sloppy and the last time I went there there was a fucking bacon wrapped hot dog salesman <laughs> on the street in front of it <laughs> just and like the doors open and I like it at a huge <laughs> event yeah, yeah. the totally <laughs> as well a marquee liquor till seven speakeasy this way come in. cops come in yeah bust us here <laughs> um, and uh, so I went up and uh, this dude bumped into me, and then he called me a uh, like a like an awful, like a name, like you know a what slur I mean, or something. Like uh, <laughs> I was like it's, I was gonna say the word, and I'm not gonna say the word. But yeah. he like he like, and it was like this really just like a tough guy. And then another guy bumped into me and dropped a switchblade on the ground. And oh. then another guy tried to sell me pills, and I was like, "This is What's happening to me. What is, this yeah, is insane, this man! Spun like, out of control quickly." <laughs> and then a week later, um, they got just a vice cop was in there, and they got raided and like prohibition era shit. Whoa. Like they like they had all they carried all their liquor out on the street and poured it into the street in front of them. Oh, and the I guess the the blue the 
uniform cops were looking at him, pouring the liquor out, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> because it's like, we could have at least kept the liquor. Yeah, this oh, is totally. just embarrassing. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I was about to ask you, what year is this story? <laughs> yeah, like, like, what? Apparently, the Vice were like, I don't know, really angry at them. I guess. From yeah. the last time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they seized like thousands of dollars, and so they were just like really screwed, and uh, and they like had to start having events at their. Space. So no one goes to prison when this happens. To me, uh, a, like two of them went to jail for a few days, okay. and then one of them went to jail for I think thirty days because he had coke on him when he was arrested. <laughs> yeah, and but still thirty days 30 for that days. is still yeah, thirty days <laughs> to, for getting arrested running an illegal business <laughs> where you sell liquor. Possibly to minors, and you have cocaine? Eh, 30 days and counting. That's crazy, That's man. Anywhere else, I feel like it would have been yeah. way higher. Also, uh, and I don't mean to be like this, but that guy wasn't white, you know? Yeah. And to only get 30 days, I was like, wow, man. Hey, <laughs> progressive. Good for you. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear? That guy got life. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know. What? My friend calls me after this podcast. Yeah. That guy's dead, <laughs> man. <laughs> Dude. That guy's name was Eric Garner. <laughs> Dave, you were so <laughs> misinformed. <laughs> uh, I just made maybe the most awful joke I've ever made, that, by the way, that whole Eric Garner. The Eric Garner? Yeah. It's a two-year callback. I liked it. <laughs> two so years ago? Was it two years ago? Was it? Was it? I don't know. No, no man, that's was... Dorner. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. getting it mixed yeah. up. Eric Garner was like four months ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's not talk about that. That was really, really horrifying and awful. Sorry, this podcast cops, is topical. You know? Anyway. <laughs> um, so after so that shut down. Yeah, they were like, we have to have events here. Will you do a show? And Julie's show was was big and it was monthly and she was booking like huge acts. And so I was like new to the whole alternative comedy world and I was yeah. in love with Matt Bronger and Kyle Kinane specifically. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, we should like have a show that's bi-weekly that showcases guys like that, like guys that aren't as big as Maria and Todd. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll call it, holy fuck, it's Kyle Kinane. Or holy fuck, it's Matt Bronger. That was, it's so funny what the difference between holy fuck, it's Kyle Kinane and holy fuck are. The first one is so lame. <laughs> holy fuck, it's Matt Bronger. Uh, so <laughs> This we, guy with the Facebook over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I uh, booked a show in their art gallery, and I also wanted to run an open mic. So it's going to be a bi-weekly show every Tuesday in this mm-hmm. art gallery. Um, I booked the first one. The first guy I tried to book was Kyle Kinane, and the second guy I tried to book was Matt Bronger. Kyle couldn't do the first one, and I had never met him, and I sent him a Facebook message, and he was, I was so fucking nervous. And I should probably scroll back and see what oh, I wrote yeah. to him. Yeah. Because, uh, I, oh, man, I, like... <laughs> I, all those guys who are so, you know, who are just like guys now, I'll bet you we all said the dumbest shit to them all the fucking time. Dude. You know what I mean? Maybe not you, but I was yeah. an no. embarrassment as I, a young guy. I remember <laughs> doing it in person to people. D- describing yeah. my show, trying to, to pitch them my show <laughs> years ago. I'm like... Uh, <laughs> hi, hi, uh, hi, Neil Brennan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I got this show, but it, yeah, it's not a normal stand-up show, and it's <laughs> you improvise stuff. You know, it's just like the and worst pitch there's ever. Just there's a cloud of dust, you. and he's like <laughs> miles away. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, I know. And then, like after you book him, you like see him in public, and you try to be friendly. Yeah. And hey, man, because you know yeah. them and you don't know if they Are we know friends you. yet? Yeah. You're yeah. like, hey, hi. <laughs> like, I can't imagine how many times I tried to be friends with someone I wasn't friends with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so Kyle, I was like, hey, man. And I probably wrote him like an eight paragraph essay about how we should do my show. And all he wrote was like, hey, man, not in town that week, but any show called Holy Fuck I'd Love to Do. That's and dope. And I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> it has <And> then, begun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And uh, so I I messaged Bronger, and he was the headliner of the first one. He was like, yeah, man, fuck yeah, I'd love to do it. And um, so I had him booked, and then I booked a few more people uh, who were bigger, I, I'm not remembering, and you know, a few of my friends, of course. We had that booked, and then so it was like, and then the open mic was going to be in the art gallery every Monday. Yeah. Um, and so the first night of the open mic was eight days before the first holy fuck, right? And in the, I was like really nervous about people coming to the open mic. I didn't like 
realize at the time that like no one thinks of it like that. Like it doesn't matter if no one comes to your open mic. It's not a reflection of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the time I was like, oh yeah, oh, if no one comes, I'm such garbage or whatever. <laughs> and I remember John Vargas came and I was like blown away. You know what I mean? And uh, John came and a couple of my friends and then Gavin Hesley came and right before we were about to start the mic, this fucking Armenian dude came in screaming and evicted them. He was like the guy who owned the building and just evicted them from... So he didn't do the open mic. <laughs> show canceled. Yeah, show canceled totally. Uh. And my friend Yvonne, um, who worked at the Downtown Independent Theater, which is where the show ended up being for three years, was let, he was like, dude, just do it here. And the thing is about that, that that theater seats 222 people. There are literally 222 seats in the theater <laughs> and so like it's like you know 300 yeah. capacity or something and i was like no one knows me i'm not gonna <laughs> throw a show in a huge theater like that so i spent like five or six days searching for like emailing art galleries downtown and searching for places and i just yeah. couldn't find a place that wanted to have me but and so like now, if this had happened to me, I would just cancel the show, quite honestly. Yeah. But I didn't want to disappoint Matt Bronger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really looked up to Matt Bronger. I couldn't fuck over Matt Bronger. He thinks there's a show. How could I not give a show to Matt Bronger? It literally, <laughs> I've never told Matt this. <laughs> I probably should, really appreciate you it. You probably, He'd probably love be like, it. oh, this is super sweet. <laughs> <laughs> He's the nicest guy, man. I love Matt yeah, so much. Yeah, dude. He's hilarious. No one's nicer. Oh, yeah. And so funny. Oh. And uh, he, uh, so. I was like, all right, what? and to Yvonne, I was like, what, could we do our open mic in there too? And so the Dance Independent also agreed for me to have a weekly Monday open mic in their fucking storeroom <laughs> upstairs, which is where I met all my best friends in comedy at that mic. And so we did the show, but the day, and the owner of the theater agreed to do the show, and we like I put the flyer up and promoted it, and I was so stoked. And then the day of the show, um, the owner called me. I was at work. And he was like, hey, uh, so I forgot. We have a movie today, so we're going to have to move your show up to 11 p.m. And I was just like, oh. hey, man, I don't mean to be a dick, but like people who are showing up for a 9 p.m. show are not going to wait till 11 no. on a Tuesday night. And he was like, well, you know, that's just the way it is. And I was like, Ugh, I'm God. sorry, man, you booked me. Like, you can't just like unbook me. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm booking you. I'm pushing it up. And I was like, that's just as bad. It's yeah. just as bad. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. And he was like, well, all right, well, I'll tell you this. How about this? If no one comes to the movie uh, uh, on Tuesday uh, or tonight, I guess uh, you can just do it at the regular time. What? And, oh. like, the Downtown Independent Theater is a wildly unsuccessful <laughs> theater. Uh, <laughs> and, like, you know, at the time especially, they do, like, they've been doing better and better, but I think still it's like this a lot of weeknights. They'll have movies where one person shows up. Wow. And they kept the lights on for one person to buy one ticket. So, Yvonne, yeah, dude. Yeah. Which is like. That's a horrible business model. Horrible. Yeah. It's been, whatever. I could bitch about that business model and my dealings with them a lot because, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't want to. Whatever. And so uh, that night, Yvonne, I just called Yvonne and I was like, uh, here's the deal. Here's what he said. And he was like, well, I'm taking tickets, so let's just pray. <laughs> and uh, I didn't tell anyone that it could be double booked. <laughs> I didn't change it at all. Yeah. Uh, I showed up to the theater with my friends, and uh, people started coming for the comedy show. And I was like, wait, there might be a movie and stuff. And it's like it, literally 8.59, and no one had bought a ticket to the movie. No one. <laughs> and... Uh, Right at 8.59, a dude walked in. Yvonne's at the, the ticket counter. A dude walks up, and he's like, hey, I want a ticket. Literally at 8.59. It's like, come on, are you fucking kidding? This is yeah. like, uh, who who's writing my life? And yeah. uh, the guy goes, can I get one ticket to the movie? And Yvonne's like really nervous, and he just goes, uh, um, well, we canceled the movie for a comedy show, uh, but I can give you free tickets to any other uh any other show, like any other showing. Yeah. And he goes, oh, a comedy show. How much is it? And Yvonne goes, it's free. And he goes, who's on it? And Yvonne goes, uh, Matt Bronger. And he goes, oh, I love Matt Bronger. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did the show. And it was great. Like a shitload of people came. 
And you've never told Matt Brocker this Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should definitely tell Matt this. Yeah. This is an um, incredible story. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And so that yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's like whenever you're like the, the comedy gods have smiled upon Dave Ross. <laughs> no night, shit, you know? man. Like in that and moment, that's so cool that that guy was willing to just be like, "It's only one ticket. I, mm-hmm. I just, I'm not gonna get fired over this or yeah. whatever." You know what I mean? Yeah, e- e- and e- yeah, Yvonne and Julie, those two people in particular, I like, you know, I owe like a huge hug forever. In that, yeah. and I, you know, I want to like thank them from a podium someday, you know? Yeah, because that moment is like, I don't know, if, if you don't know me, like, it's like it's like really defining for me because that show really was a huge part of my comedy life. It was like... Well, well, people associated that show with you for a long time. Yeah. And whenever you have a really good show and people see that you are booking amazing talent, gradually you become the talent that you have been booking. You've been, right. You're on that same level. The show... Yeah, well, in the show, by nature of you booking the show, the show becomes about you. Yeah. I, this is I, like advice. Yeah. I always try to... I've done a handful of podcasts and shows that seem to be about the hosts and the hosts, like, it's all about them. Yeah. And I also want to tell them, like, don't make it about you because it's about you just by nature of people coming or yeah. listening. You just know what I mean? by proximity. Yeah. And yeah, that, like, show as a result did a lot for me. A lot of people came to it. And just the stage time, man. It was, like, yeah, of course. amazing stage time once a fucking week. And I never missed a single show except being out of town, like, four or five times. Yeah. Uh, once a week... For three and a half years, mm-hmm. I did anywhere from five to 25 minutes of stand-up in front of, by and large, like a great crowd, like a receptive, yeah. awesome crowd. It was also in a movie theater, and I got to like show my sketches and other random videos, and like I got to, I don't know, like designing it's the a, flyers a, was fun. It's a venue with professional yeah. sound, seating, yeah. and everything. It was amazing, man. It really... Yeah, so like if we didn't have that for a show, I might have not done the show, and my experience in stand-up comedy would be so fucking different. Yeah. So different. I would have done other things, and uh, I'm I, you know, pretty sure I would have done other things I was proud of, but who knows, but maybe not, you know? Maybe it would have been like way more of a struggle. You have no, yeah, you have no, no idea. way of knowing. Um, it's so pretty yeah. cool that you guys recorded yeah. an album too, because that like cements it as part of the LA scenes like history. Yeah, like that yeah. like chunk of of time. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah, like I'm era. really proud that we did that. Yeah, I'm really proud that we did that, and I'm also glad that I ended it. I'm really glad that I ended it because, like you said, like you said, people associated me with that <laughs> show, and you said the positive side of that. The positive side of that is that people associate you with something, and then yeah. In their mind, you're raised to the level of the people they're booking, or at least like the level of like how good the show is. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, people weren't equating me with Rory Scovel or anything. Sure, but, like sure. it was a good show, and so people probably, you know, a lot of people thought of me as like a good comic, you know? And, uh, but the flip side of that is that your people associate you with your show and then they associate the show directly with you and I got really nervous and I still don't really know if this was the case or not but I got really nervous about people thinking he got all he got in stand up because of this show if he didn't book a great show no one would give a shit about him yeah and I you know probably most people didn't think that Mm -hmm. because I did work really hard I did mics every day yeah maybe some people did or maybe a lot of people did either way it doesn't matter. I needed to end it because I was worried that people felt that way. And I needed to know that in comedy, I didn't get all the shit I got because of holy fuck. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also, I'm glad I ended it because things need to end. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like a cool thing that we did for a while. We made the album. We had like amazing goodbye shows. And then people will remember it as a good thing. And yeah. we move on and we make new things. Well, that's, you know? I mean, yeah. that's the reason that Steve Martin left <laughs> stand-up comedy. Is like, he's like, that character that I did, that's the, the, the selling out stadiums and everything, that's the highest and it's the best yeah. it's ever going to get. Yeah. It's not dated. It's current right now. Like, if you know what I mean? Like, if he was still doing, like, that kind of act, it's like... In Vegas? Yeah, exactly. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's always respectable when people can... <laughs> 
pull the plug on their babies. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you know, that's, 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 sorry, sorry, that's a dark analogy. <laughs> I mean, geez, I mean, whoops. Uh, Pull the plug on your baby. On your baby. Uh, you got to name an album that someday. <laughs> uh, I wanted to uh, ask you before we get going, uh, uh, let's talk about a little bit about the origin of women sketch comedy, sure. which is you, uh, Alan Strickland-Williams, uh, Jake Wiseman, and Pat Bishop, all yes. super funny comics in their own regard um, in the Los Angeles scene. How did you guys... Come about making a sketch group where you all stand up comedians that were friends, and then you're just like, we have this common interest together. Let's form a sketch group. Uh, yeah, it was, it it was the latter. It was like, um, or or both, I guess. I we we were stand ups. Mm-hmm. We like I said, I ran that mic at the Downtown Independent, and you know, like you probably have this, just like a place that for some reason. It all came together, yeah. and you're still friends with all those guys. Yeah. Like, was it? What is that for you? The store was that your? <sighs> no, I mean the store can't. I, I mean, I feel like it's um, somewhat the store. Uh, I mean, Bruco had a lot uh, that, like, a lot of the crew that went to Bruco. I still am in good contact with the them, Tuesday like, Bruco. The or the Friday, the Wednesday and Friday, Bruco. Yeah, whenever, whenever. I was never actually a big fan of the Tuesday. I went a couple times and I felt like that I was like outside Judged the circle. And outside. Oh yeah, I, I, it, I was like, I can't <laughs> handle this. I gotta, I gotta go to a different. I wasn't night. accepted by that group until I was funny elsewhere, and yeah. then the people that went knew I was funny, and uh, and then I felt more comfortable, and they the host started not being a dick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I have to tell you this <laughs> this story real quick because. <laughs> Uh, I've I've told multiple people this this like I use you as an example of of something that uh, uh, happens that I feel uh, a lot of times when you want when you have like uh, somebody who's like your friend but you don't see them very often in the scene but you want them to like your work and stuff yeah but that one person happens to always see, see you your bomb. Oh, was I your you guy? were that guy, no. dude? So, oh, man. so for, for <laughs> so I was like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, Dave Ross in the room. He he's watching my set, sweet. And dude, I I like I would randomly, dude. I swear, you saw me probably ten times in a row at Bruco, not in a row, but over a period of like a year or whatever. Uh-huh. For whatever reason, every single time I was doing poop or fart humor, <laughs> and I was like, "This guy just thinks I'm a poop cop." That's ridiculous. That's I'm like, he thinks I'm this one-dimensional, just fart noise machine making oh, guy. And I, and every time you come, I, and then it would be like after this this turd, this giant bomb, and I'd be like, oh, "Hey, Dave." <laughs> oh going? man. So whenever we did that show recently <laughs> together, I was really happy that uh, we got to see each other in front of like a good sold out crowd. Sure. And it was like a fun, great show to be a part of. And I was like, all right, sweet. That's, <laughs> that's beat great. Beat that one. Beat yeah, that beat that level. one. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I know exactly what you mean. And that's so funny because you never I have those people and I've had those people. Yeah. You know, I never think of myself as possibly being one, you know? Yeah, right. And that's so interesting because, like, that's really, like, refreshing because I never thought of you that way. It Like, not as a bad comic and not as a poop comic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we were all bad at the beginning. Right. You know right. what I mean? But, like, you were always one of the people I liked. So, I, in my memory of you, maybe you don't remember this. Do you remember the, the mic at Muse that yeah. Jack Fallman ran? Yep. Which, ugh. I want that guy back. Oh, you ever right? know Jack Fallman? Yeah, he was great. God, I love him. God, he needs to come back. Yep. You ever get so drunk, you just start Googling, <laughs> Googling directions to Paradise City? <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking what? He's so funny. So great. Um, but you, a guy yelled, you suck at you during a set. Uh-huh. And you were like, whatever, and finished doing a bit. And I got so furiously mad that I screamed at him. My whole set uh, until he left. Do you remember that? I remember being like, "That's fucked up. You don't do that to <laughs> Jeremiah," and, the, and being like, "Fuck you, man. Who the fuck are you?" And it was like, "Whoa!" And uh, I used—that's the other weird thing about how stand-up is for me now. I used to have a huge chip on my shoulder and like really weighed into uh, people being assholes, like yeah. misogynists, 
people fucking with women and gay people with minorities in general. And that still bothers me, obviously. And then people fucking with my friends. I used to like, man, at Big Fish, I used to like point at people <laughs> and be like, who the fuck are you? You're fucking heckling my friend. Fuck you. And then just like rip on him head to toe. And like one yeah. guy, oh my God, one guy I got real bad one night. He Because he like looked... He had like big plugs in his ears and he had like a bone in his nose. And I was just like talking about how white trash he was and he tried to fight me. But anyway, like. <laughs> and for those it, of you who don't know what, what Big Fish is, it was voted the worst place to do yeah. stand up comedy in America. So <laughs> just, just, you know, dude. continue. Dude. <laughs> just had to add that side note. Yeah. And the, like the guy, the owner. Is the calls himself the resident heckler and he yeah. always wears a fucking hard hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I used to really let be like feel like I had to like let people know that they were being pieces of shit yeah. on stage or in the audience. And I don't anymore. And it's like maybe it's like a passing the torch, like I think other people it's their responsibility, but I just don't feel like I have something to prove anymore or right. something. I don't know what it is. But I I all I remember that and I sorry I don't bring that up as like like yeah so I defended your honor no or not, something, not at all it's a very vivid memory because I remember being like what the fuck well like, <laughs> especially at that time dude whenever I was doing an act out I w- would stay in it like no matter what you got you got to bowl like through, I yeah. would bulldoze through I mean now I have the skills to maybe step out of it <laughs> address it and then get right back in but at that time it was just like. I'm seeing this bit all the way through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and they're all at... Also, we're... I think another reason I felt that way about comics getting fucked with is because, like, we're all at various levels of being in, in the moment and nervous. Yeah. Like, you have days where you don't give a shit and you're just riffing or whatever, but then you have days where you have shit you have to get through. You have days where you're, like, really confident, and then you have days where you're, like, everybody hates me and I'm not a good comic. You know what I mean? And so it's like... If you're having a good day and you get angry, say something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Where, how do we start we, talking about this? We, we, well, we started talking about women. Uh, oh, and right. Then, uh, just starting out. Uh, at the mic. Yeah. yeah, at the mic. That mic that I ran, there was something about it, man. Because, like, my first... I started Holy Fuck five or six months into stand-up. Yeah. Which is another reason I ended it. Uh, and, like, maybe even less than that. But then, like I said, I've been hosting that mic most of that year. And uh, so I guess technically I started like a year in or eight. I don't know. It was like I started the mic in March of 09 and then started Holy Fuck in November of 09. And that was when I started the mic, too. And in that span, it was like hard to know who my friends were in stand up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would go I would go to Mike's alone. I would bomb. No one would care. And then I would drive home alone. You know what I mean? It's rough. Every day. And it was really, really rough. Particularly, I remember the hardest nights were going to the valley, uh, like going to Liquid Zoo and waiting five hours to go up, eating shit, and like even maybe being made fun of by the host. (laughs) Like Billy Bat's shitting on me, who's so nice to me now. When I see him, I'm like, you don't even fucking know, dude. Uh, (laughs) Yep. Uh, I've got a handful. (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. And it's like fine, but it's still like, I remember, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, and then like that, Mike. Some happened. The people, just like the people that came, were like Jeff Wattenhofer, um, Julia Bensfield, Nate Luce, uh, Jake Weissman, Alan Strickland Williams, uh, Jared Moskowitz. All these people that I hang out with all the time now. And in that group, Jake and Alan and I like started hanging out the most mm-hmm. and getting along the most and like really loving each other, stand up the most. And then we started getting some attention. From industry a little like a year and a half in or something nothing big but like a manager here and there and yeah people were saying nice things about us so we were like we should do something together we should make and we we should make videos and we're and literally we had this conversation we were like yeah but sketch sucks we hate <laughs> sketch <laughs> just we the format in general that. fuck it yeah. yeah 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 video sketch comedy is garbage we <laughs> 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 and then uh I like made, shot this little thing on my phone and I showed it to them and they were like, oh, that's like kind of... Our first sketch was called Hungover and it was us all moaning. And I made this video <laughs> of me waking up and going, ugh. And I was like, I literally showed it to Jake and I was like, it was like 10 seconds long, me just going, ugh. And he was, I was like, yeah, what if we did something like this? There was a bunch of just like 
clips like this? And he was like, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't think he got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I texted them one day, and I was like, we should start a group called Women. And they both texted back, yes. And then we just did it. That's great. And yeah. then Pat came into the equation a little Pat bit later. Pat came later. And Pat was he's like, a great dude. He's great at what he does. Pat is a genius. So good. I love Alan and Jake's comedy. Pat's fucking Quentin Tarantino. And he's I, I've, en- I've also enjoyed uh, on your IFC, um, which congrats on that. Thanks, um, man. Um, IFC web stuff. Uh, uh, him appearing in the sketches more, too, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, dude. He's a great actor. He's a great yeah. writer. He's such a good stand-up. It's like, and he's the one that that people know the least because he's the one that does stand up the least because he's yeah. so fucking busy. He's the one of us that makes the most money. He like is a career director, writer yeah. and editor. He, he's been a editor, director, writer at, um, funny or dying for a long time. And then he was editor on the birthday boys and now he's freelance doing all this shit. And, uh, yeah. Um, he came later, and yeah, it was just Alan, Jake, and me for like two years shooting things on a flip cam, <laughs> not like <laughs> purposely not paying attention to lighting or stuff, anything so we could crank out sketches. And yeah, I still love all that. I still think some of those are like really funny, but at, when we brought it, like we started sort of being trying more out sticklers guest on directors, quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we tried Pat, and he was by far the youngest and the least known in the comedy community, but also by far like. The most. You're like, this guy's a whiz kid. We were like, we got to ask him now. Yeah. And it really, it was at a crucial moment, too, because we were like, we're probably going to quit, man. Like, this Mm -hmm. is not going anywhere. It's not going how we want it. We were frustrated with each other, you know, and like, we had a pad and it changed everything. And the sketches looked better. And it like, he really added this element that we needed. This like fourth, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, our writing got better collectively as a group. And he understood because the stakes the, are higher. Whenever, yeah. whenever you start increasing quality, you're like, oh, maybe we need to increase quality on some other ends too. Yeah, it's not just being thrown together anymore. It's like, oh, this is like a this is a whole thing. We should try to create actual stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were like, because some of our sketches were like, and I still love sketches like this, that like three second. We have one sketch that's three seconds long. That really, I think that we should reshoot because we took <laughs> our old sketches down recently. It's just a sketch called Blowjob. Oh, really? And it's just me and Alan standing next to each other. And then I look at Alan like I'm going to ask him a question. And then the sketch ends. (laughs) 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 That's the whole sketch. We used to make shit like that. And then, you know, Pat came on and we were like, maybe let's try making like one minute sketches. Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole minute. We were like, yeah, wow, this is long. (laughs) The feature length for the sketch world. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man. And awesome. now we're like, yeah, you guys are working on IFC now, and now we're writing pilots and doing that whole, playing that whole game. Yeah, trying so, to trying yeah. to get, tap into that world. That's one of the when Mike said comedy gets harder. That's part of it, you know. It's like you these like doors open up for you, and it's like, all right, well, I guess I have to learn a whole new skill without ever going to school <laughs> or taking for a class. It. Yep, uh, we'll see. It's crazy. <laughs> So we're going to uh, do our final segment of the show now. Yeah, this is the Hollywood bitch slap. Whatcha? Damn, dog. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, it's getting real in here. What happens in the Hollywood okay. bitch slap? It's just uh, anytime Hollywood has bitch slapped you, uh, someone in the industry, a comic, just someone where it's just a horrific story you had out here. Oh, shit. Any, like, big struggling time that is, like, memorable. <laughs> oh, man. Um... I <laughs> I mean it's like w- how do you pick, you know? <laughs> hey, that's, that's just, we've so had many. a couple we've had a couple guests that are like, I don't have any and we're like, You haven't yeah. been out here <laughs> long enough. Or yeah. you're doing something wrong if yeah. you don't have, <laughs> you yeah, don't have any, not, if you don't have You're anything. not putting yourself out there enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. I so I called uh, Mark Marin, a faggot once, uh, on stage, <laughs> on a stage, yeah, holy what? fuck, podcast on oh, stage. stage, and uh, this is not even uh, like uh, all my stories are like bigger comics that I look up to, me being nervous and then being like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the reason I did was because this is weird because I, I like don't I don't hate I don't hate Mark. Yeah, I like. I like Mark now. I it's 
but my relationship with Mark Marin for a long time was, I think him really basically not thinking about me at all and me being like, ah, he hates me, you know? <laughs> right. Because Mark is Mark, and everyone, even if, if you don't know him at all, listen to his podcast and watch him do stand-up, you know that he's like And you were a, a guest on his podcast yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, like a few months ago, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is awesome. And that's why I'm like, I mean, clearly I, I, I owe Mark Marin like a huge thank you. Sure. And so I feel weird telling a story about it being weird between him and me. <laughs> but it happened nonetheless. The, and I call them uh, also... Was he, now was he in the room whenever you did it? Oh or? yeah! Oh <laughs> really? He was in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you, and I'll I'll tell you what happened, and then I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, okay. So, and it wasn't malicious, but it was. There was a lot of energy in my body, and so like, he did holy fuck, and he told he did this bit that was so great, and it was like him. Uh. He told this story about his parents making him play Little League. And he was a little fat kid, and he was in the outfield, and he just didn't want to even deal with the ball. And that's why he was in the outfield. And then a fly ball came to him, and he didn't catch it. And it's, like, much more to it. It's a long story. But the real genius of the bit was then his now self, he, as his now self, walked his fat child self off the field and told him what his life was going to be like as a result of missing that catch. <laughs> yeah. And it was like really like heartwarming and great and super funny and just like a really I felt like a really special thing to see happen in a stand-up show. And uh there's so much crowd there and like WTF is huge at this point so there's a lot of Mark Marin fans in the audience cuz that's the other thing like he more than any famous person who did holy fuck would always tweet about it and advertise it. And I owe him a thank you for that, too. Uh, and uh, so he did that, and I was hosting, and I, I walked on stage, and I was like, man, uh, that was, that, everyone give it up for Mark Marin. That was, like, really beautiful. That was, like, legitimately beautiful and wonderful. And I think that we should all be, like, proud that we got to see that. But also, what a faggot, huh? Didn't catch that ball? Come on. <laughs> Little bitch, <laughs> and no one laughed except the comics. The co there were like fifteen <laughs> comics standing on the wall who were dying. Were howling, but the crowd was like, was like <gasps> people, like a couple people booed. <laughs> and oh, like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. and um, and Marcos, ah, oh, come on, man, you fucking bully, you're fucking bullying me, and uh, they're like, they laugh at that, and I was like. Uh, and I was like, ah, fuck you, you pussy, or something. And uh, and he's just like, because I was like trying to play up the bully thing. But then like, oh. the crowd didn't like that either. <laughs> and uh, there's like, this uh, guy is a bully. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Mark's side. <laughs> yeah. And then Mark's like, ah, man, that's all you got, huh? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, and I was like, Mark Marin, everybody, I uh, I really did love the bit. And uh, and then he got up, and I saw him walk out. And as he was walking out, he turned around, and he goes, hey, thanks a lot, man. And I walked out. And I was like, I felt so terrible. But here's why I had that, like, I have a really, up until the end of the very last show of Holy Fuck, I, I know I babble, and I've been talking, we're, this, how long have we been recording? Like four hours? No, this no, we're. The story's almost over. No, no, it's <laughs> great. Um, he, um, uh, I had like a really, I thought we had like a contentious relationship. Turns out that's not the case. Just like, uh, Mark's like, uh, a dick sometimes is just like, cause at know? the beginning <laughs> of the, of the WTF podcast of your episode, I could like feel a little bit of tension between oh. you guys. Oh yeah, I was real ready because he would even the, some of the questions he was asking he was like, "How long have you been doing this?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like the first thing he asked me, we were like shooting the shit about podcasts. Yeah. And then there was like a pause, and he goes, "All right, man. So why are you? Why are you here on this show right yeah. now?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then okay. I, I was like, "Oh fuck you, man! I fucking knew you were gonna ask me that question. Why am I here? You fucking booked me. You tell me why I'm here." <laughs> and he was like, "Whoa." 
aggressive right away, huh? And I was like, oh, man, that was really aggressive. But, it, like, I stand by that. I, thought, I think that that was a shitty question for him to ask me. You know what I mean? I think that's unfair. He was like, well, my assistant Sam booked you. And that's true. And it's like, ah, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> but then the next thing he said was, my assistant Sam booked you. But, but, you know, like, you were like, you know, you're one of the guys in town who's funny. Like, you're one of the young guys who's funny. And, like, I know you. And it's like, yeah, let's talk to Dave. And, uh... And so, you know, kind of after that, I was like, all right, well, I, I got to chill out about this. But, I, and I did react, like, exponentially. But I do think I reacted in kind to his question. I do think that question was unfair. Because it's like, I'm on your show because you had asked me on your show. Please show me the respect of someone who deserves to be on your show. You sure. know what I mean? And, like, yeah, I was ready to go. So I reacted times 100. But, uh, but still, it's kind of like a shithead question, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, and uh, I feel bad even saying that because the the interview was so awesome, man. Like he was like so nice and great, and like I, that dude is such a good interviewer. It was crazy. Dude. Like yeah, yeah. I he didn't. It didn't feel like anything was being pulled out of me. It always felt like a conversation. But he like got me to say things that I never thought I'd say on a podcast to where I was like nervous for it to come out. For, I was like nervous for my dad to hear it specifically because I talked about my family. Um, but anyway, he like, the reason, I like built up tension with him because he, the, he was the first like famous, famous person to have on Holy Fuck and he was also like, the show got good crowds right away because I was still pretty new to comedy and I had lived in LA for like eight, nine years or seven years total. Yeah. Uh, and so I had friends from college and jobs mm -hmm. and all this shit that came. 50, 60 people came to every show right away. And so, like, that helped, helped it get, like, comics wanted to do it. And I lost all my goodwill by, like, the sixth or seventh show. Yeah. I stopped doing yeah. mics and I stopped going to people's birthday parties and shit <laughs> like that, you know? And uh, Mark was the first show where I had a light crowd. And uh, it was also raining. And he oh. showed up. And he was like, I was like, hey, ugh, I'm Dave. Thanks for doing it. And uh, he was like, uh, how are we looking in there? And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime you hear that. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's usually he good. Like, he goes, I fucking knew it, man. Like that. Kind of the way I reacted right. when he asked me that question on his podcast. He was like, I fucking knew it, man. And I was like, uh, what? And he was like, I was telling her there's not going to be anyone fucking here. God damn it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Uh, and uh, went inside and he just sat there with his girlfriend and uh, uh, the show was listed as starting at 9 but there it was light crowd so I was like we're going to wait till 9.30 and uh, I walked up to Mark and I was like hey I just want to let you know and he goes oh, I fucking told her you were going to tell me this and I was like <laughs> and I was like told her what and he was like, I told her on the drive here, at some point, the host is going to come up to me and be like, look, normally we have a way bigger crowd, but for some <laughs> reason tonight, we don't have as big a crowd. And I was like, actually, I was just going to tell you that we're starting at 9.30. And he goes, oh, oh, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, then the next time he did Holy Fuck was after WTF really blew up. And it was either our year anniversary show or our first big summer show. And... Uh, it was sold out, and like you know, we're a free show, so quote sold out. But there but were so three hundred people. Yeah, yeah. several hundred people. Maria Bamford was on it too. Jonah Ray and uh, Jonah and Mark are close, and they're standing in the hall. Maria goes third, and uh, after her set, fifteen people get up and leave. Out of you know, two three hundred, and yeah. um, probably some of them are going to get beers. Probably some of them are leaving. Whatever. And uh, I'm standing next to Jonah. And Mark says to Jonah, this is what happens when you run a fucking free show, man. Not looking at me. Looking at Jonah. This is what happens when you have a fucking free show, man. People came to see what they wanted to see, and then they fucking leave. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> Look how many people are out there. They came for you. Yeah. She didn't tweet about it. Oh, man. It sucked. It sucked because I really looked up to Mark. I used to watch him. I used to, like, run home. I never considered myself someone who wanted to be a stand-up comic. But, I, but the reason was that it seemed impossible. They seemed like superheroes to me. And I would like, they would have like, you know, marathons of Comedy Central Presents on Comedy Central. Yeah. And I would like run home from the bus to watch them. 
And like I would see Mark on Comedy Central all the time, and he's like being such a dick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, the next time he did Holy Fuck after that, maybe he did it again, and uh, and it was like really calm. Yeah, he did it one more time, and it was like really calm, and nothing weird happened. And then the next time after that was the time I called him uh, faggot. And I'm sorry I said that word like five times on your fucking show. Um, and uh, It's okay. And our uh, main demographic is young teens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm especially sorry then. <laughs> so, Molding some minds. I fucking... <laughs> I know it's fine. But I just don't like that word or to give people the impression, especially teenagers, right, 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 that right. they're not going to be okay yep. or accepted by especially me whatever uh and um the uh then the last time he did holy fuck was the last ever holy fuck and uh he mark um did the show and uh he was fourth and like i said so much tension especially now now like imagine how much tension i had in my body like to to try because what i was trying to do was like play with Mark Marin to like of course. be on the same level. Of as course, him. you want to be friends yeah. with them. Yeah, because you you see other comics at that level, they mess with each other whenever they have to bring each other up or whatever. Yeah. I saw Eric. I saw Eric Andre hosting Tiger Lily, and Mark Marin was on stage, and Eric and Mark were like yelling at each other, and Eric was like winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it was like this whole like oh shit, they're like Eric Andre leveled up that night. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, I've got this, like, I've been this little punk kid to Mark that Mark talked down to. And I want to, like, talk shit to Mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and so I talked shit to him. And it went, did not go my way, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, though I did feel proud as fuck that I did that. I felt like I personally proud. Uh, and then, but still, I don't know. So anyway, the last holy fuck, I'm like... So tense because of that. And uh, Pat Oswalt did the show. And the first four comics were Travis Rust, Pat Oswalt, Matt Knudsen, uh, Mark Marin, And then we were just doing, like, a, pulling names out of a bucket after that. Pat Oswalt, we, Jeff Wattenhofer, who ran the show with me, we were switching off introducing. I brought up, I brought up Patton, and this is how I brought him up. I was like, uh, guys, I know this, we're just two comics in this show. But uh, also, you need to know about this show. We didn't post the lineup. And there were hundreds of people that didn't get in. They were just lined up down the block wow. of the last holy fuck. Wow. By 7 p.m., we were full. I had 100 people on the guest list, and I couldn't get even them in because we were at, like, capacity. Yeah. It was crazy. So it's, like, rowdy, and there's a ton of people in there. And um, we show these videos, and then Travis goes up, and then I'm bringing up um, Patton. And I'm like, guys, I know we're just, like, two comics into the show, so I don't really know how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. Give it up for Patton Oswalt. And people like lost their minds, you know? Yeah. And so then I'm bringing up Mark two comics later, and I'm thinking I'm going to bring him up the same way. I'm so nervous, and it's Mark, this guy who's like in my head, you know? <laughs> and so this is how I brought him up. I, I was like, uh, oh, man, guys, I don't know how to say this. Uh, Mark Marin, And they were like, what? And no one clapped except mm -hmm. maybe two people. And and I just kind of looked around, and Mark goes, oh, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> and uh, and I was like, "No, I'm I'm introducing him. Mark Marin's here. Everyone, give it up for everyone. Clap for Mark Marin." <laughs> and everyone claps and screams, and he walks to the stage, and he's like, "Oh my god, what just happened? Get back to the stage because we had two mics." He's like, "Grab that fucking mic." And he's like, "What were you thinking?" And I like, so he berates me on stage. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like so like this is like the like I said hundreds of people there. Yeah, it's the last All show. these comics want to get up, and I'm like people are getting mad at me for things that I'm not like. I I'm sorry. I don't even know. You know, I'm like trying to be nice to everyone and make it a great experience for everyone and for me. And he's like yelling at me on stage in front of the whole crowd. Like, what the fuck? Are you insane? Like I, I and I was like no, I was trying to you know be like kind of like. Uh, your credits don't matter, and like everyone loves you. I, everyone loves you, and I just was trying to be kind of epic. And he was like, ah, "I don't say that." Now you're making me feel bad. You said the thing at the beginning of my set that usually hosts say at the end of your set, uh, and I was like, oh. "And the way that that interaction ended 
was him berating me and then me yelling back at him. And then we just ended up kind of like shitting on each other. And eventually I was like, whatever, man, fuck you, Mark. Go fuck yourself. I hate you. And I walked upstairs. <laughs> and then uh, and he goes, do you feel better? And I was like, I just yelled, yes. Yes, I feel better. <laughs> and he goes, all right, well, as long as you feel good. <laughs> and then he just crushed for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then at the end of his set, he was like, uh, now, uh, all right, that's it for me. And uh, Dave, get back up here and say my intro. And uh, <laughs> it was so funny. Like, uh, I don't want to paint it like all of that as like tense as I felt. Super funny. And uh, so after my set, I, I got up there and I was just started talking about how bad I felt and how nervous I was and how I was like, this is so terrible because I used to like watch him and Patton's specials. Yeah. And it's like a huge deal for me that they're doing my show. And I like... I started saying like, and Pat Oswalt, I watched his first half hour special in the limo on the way to prom with my friends, which wow. is true. And uh, and uh, as I'm telling that story, the audience gasps, and then I look over, and there's Mark Maron standing one foot from me and hugs me. We like hugged in front of the whole crowd. That's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool, man. And. Uh, then he grabs the mic and he's like, now finish your fucking story about Pat and Oswald or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's a perfect Mark Maron ending. Yeah. Still pessimistic, even, even in uplifting moments. Totally. So I guess that's my, like, that's the story that comes to mind for me. They're just like getting shit on by Mark Maron <laughs> repeatedly. And you know what else, though? Getting treated very well by Mark Maron repeatedly, you know? Yeah. Just like getting Mark Maron, it's just I like, think. It's that, that kind of relationship. <laughs> sometimes you, you got to work Sometimes <laughs> you gotta work for friendship. Yeah. I doubt he even thinks about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How could he? Hey, he's, he's out there being successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, he didn't grow up watching my me tapes of me walk or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Dude, that's a great story. Thanks, man. Uh, well, that's uh, that's our time for this podcast. But, Dave, thank you so much, man, yes. for joining us on our 200th episode. Yeah, and, man. Thanks uh, for having me. I'm honored. Where can people uh, find you social media-wise? Uh, I'm Dave to the Ross everywhere. D-A-V-E-T-O-T-H-E-R-O-S-S. I'm at Dave to the Ross on Twitter, Instagram. My website's Dave to the Ross.com. So, and all my shit's in there. Awesome. So, and check out uh, Women Comedy, guys. Yeah, please. Awesome, Dave. I uh, love you, buddy. Thanks so much for coming by. This is a blast. Dude, love yeah. you too, man. Thanks for having me.